I'm going to explore a thought now. Uh, we hear frequently of the question of uh, so-called freedom of the will. Is the will free? So it immediately, uh, what's it called, um, jump the gun or immediately get to the point, we can offer that perhaps we're erring in supposing there to be two separate realities that we have to conjoin and then evaluate the, the, the veracity of that conjunction, meaning freedom and will, and then we have to see if those two uh, notions come together or not. But what if we were to replace or collapse these two concepts and say that there's just a single concept there? What we mean by will is what we mean by freedom, and what we mean by freedom is what we mean by will. Meaning, what if we say that that which chooses isn't free or not free, but it is freedom itself? Now, what does that mean? So freedom can be, the, the term freedom can be thought about in a variety of ways. The immediately obvious one is, is physical freedom. And, and what would that mean? So we would say, let's say a dog uh, that's chained up uh, to a fence and the, um, the, the cord, the leash, excuse me, it goes for 20 feet, right? So then the dog is free uh, to go, or let's make a sentence like this and see what it means. The dog, we would say, is free to go 20 feet, but is not free to go 21 feet. What it means is that it is logically permissible that the dog, according to the known laws of, uh, of excuse me, the motion of matter, can move 20 feet away from the fence, but it cannot move 21 feet away because the leash would not allow it without breaking, without the fence being ripped off or, or something like this. All right, so this is uh, this is the, the meaning here of, of the term freedom. It's, it's conceivable, it's logically conceivable. It's inconceivable that if we have some stipulations against such as the leash not ripping or the fence not falling, it's inconceivable that the dog travels 21 feet away, but it is conceivable that the dog travels 20 feet away. So we say it's possible. What's another uh, term of, uh, or it's another use, excuse me, of the term freedom? We can ask, uh, say, mentally, right? So we can say, are you free to, um, are you free to uh, to uh, uh, calculate what two plus two is? Say so yes, in the sense that it's possible, it's conceivable, it doesn't exceed my uh, conceived of capacities. Are you free to calculate what five hundred million eight hundred thirty nine to the square uh, or the to the power of eight hundred thirty three thousand five hundred eighty one is? We would say there's maybe some of these extreme uh, mental calculators like. Um, there's movies about them, right? What is it? Beautiful Mind or something? But uh, I would say, no, the, the typical and beyond person is not free to do that, meaning it's impossible. It's inconceivable that I'm able to do that. So I'm not free to do that. So as it concerns the freedom of the will, typically uh, we think of it as in, am I free to do what I want? And the answer then is dependent on uh, uh, other uh, things outside of us. For example, I want to... Um, uh, drive to the store. Am I free to do so? Well, do I have a car? Do I have gas in the car? Do I have money? Do I have, is it raining too much? Is it snowing? So on these external factors. But as it concerns uh, conception and in principle, if I want to do something more than I want to do anything else, I'm free to do it, meaning I'm able to do it. And, and logically speaking, I have to, I, I will then do it, right? So if we then say that's not freedom, that we have to do what we want, then we have to say, what is freedom? And why wouldn't that be freedom? What's the alternative conception? Even if we're free to imagine anything we want, are we saying that real freedom is to do something for no reason or for the lesser of the reasons that is apparent to us or because we don't want to? Why would that be freedom? So we see when we think that there's two different concepts here, freedom and will, then it's a question. Maybe it would be. Maybe a will that functions like this is not free, but a will that is free can do something for no reason or because it doesn't want to. But if we say that the will is freedom, then it's simple. We would restate it to say freedom does what it does when it wants to, when it, when the cause exceeds all the counter motives. 
Right? And we say it's a little bit different then, but we could say, um, okay, fine, I'm free to do what I want, but am I free to want what I want? But again, that, se- that, that sentence has to have meaning. What does it mean to be free to want what you want? And we could say, it means to be a self-determining cause. It means for our decisions to not be informed by anything outside of the choosing faculty. Again, let's apply uh, apply what we said at the beginning. Let's say not, not that it's free will, but there's freedom. So we would say, is freedom free to want what it wants? What does that mean? Huh, what can that mean? We would say that um, uh, freedom is free to, to, uh, to, to choose uh, uh, that which appeals to it in its context. All right, now what does that mean? So it means that uh, n- nothing external can force uh, in principle our choice. We have to choose, but we are choosing in light of that which is apparent to us in light of our context. And that then is the function of our freedom of the will. All right, meaning, uh, let's say somebody gives us a million dollars and they say, for a million dollars, go kill your boss. All right. Did that million dollars force us to kill our boss? Of goodness forbid, we so do. We would say, no, it didn't. But it served as a stimuli that in our context, with our values, with our low and, and disgusting animalistic value of life, it, 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 it prided us to, to so do. Meaning it immediately served as a motive that exceeded all other counter motives. And as soon as that happens, the freedom has to do what, uh, it, what it uh, has mo- more cause to do. Why, why would, it, why would it, there any other conception of freedom what is any other conception of freedom? That would say is the conception of freedom. Freedom then has to do what it has cost to do. And B, if we, the psychopath is offered a million dollars to kill his or her boss without any consequences. That's more cause because then I can satisfy my desires. And uh, I don't say I. And the person can satisfy his or her desires. And that then is, is more currency in the person's system of value. So we would say is the person then free to, to, uh, to not want to. Right? And we would say there is a difference between real desire and wanting to want. We can have our real primary will, for example, to be uh, cruel, to be impatient, all of this that comes from our real context, but then we can want to want. Right? We can have an aspiration to be righteous. We can have an aspiration to change our life, but it's not really an aspiration. It's more of a fantasy. We're free to fantasize. So we would say, yeah, we're free to want to want, but we're not free directly to want. We want in light of our real context, in light of our real uh, kind of built up inner, so to speak, reality within which freedom functions. Meaning, it so happens if we are, um, uh, uh, we love um, ice cream. We just absolutely love ice cream. And we happen to all of a sudden really, really want ice cream. We're not then free to simply not want ice cream. Right? That's not what our freedom consists out of, apparently. We're not free. Okay, I just, I just don't want to. We can uh, try to distract ourselves. We can do something to counteract that. But the desire is there. However, we're free to say, I want to not want ice cream, right? I want to, in theory, in principle, not be so addicted to ice cream, more pertinently probably to substances as opposed to ice cream, but for some people, sugar, you know, also. So we, that, that, that's what we say. We're free to want what we want. On a secondary, tertiary level, we see we're talking to somebody and we can convince somebody using reason, unless it's too far gone to, to be spoken with, to change what they want to want. Uh, we can make a person, if we're skilled enough, admit that they don't want to be an addict, that they don't want to be uh, have the, the personality traits that they have, with, to, that they uh, want to, to be successful when they're not doing anything to be successful. So we're see, we see we're afraid to do these little things. We're afraid to think. We're afraid to feel. We're afraid to, uh, we're not feel, but 
We're afraid to speak. And consequently, we would say we're afraid to want to want, but we're not afraid to want. In order to change what we really truly want, we have to want to want over a long period of time. And then hopefully uh, do little things that we're afraid to do uh, that, uh, in light of that wanting to want. And then hopefully eventually that'll change our actual want, our actual desire. And we can really want something that initially we simply wanted to want. So for example, uh, we really don't, um, um, we really don't want to, work out, but we want to want to work out, all right? So we subsist in wanting to want. We don't say working out is bad for a long, long time. We make little changes. We, every time we say uh, a physique that we like, we, uh, you know, we uh, put a p- poster of it in a room or something like that. We're motivating ourselves, and eventually we can try to transform that want to want into a real want. Now I really want to work out, and when I really want to, and so far as there's no external things that are preventing me, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Now I'm going to go work out. So we say uh, uh, freedom is free to, to, to want to want, and it's, uh, it, and it's free to, to want that which is logically necessary at any given moment. But by wanting to want, by using that range of freedom that we do have to think a little bit, to, to imagine different things, we can hopefully steer ourselves in the right uh, direction to, to modify our primary real desires. Now, that said, if we have a relationship with ourselves, if our word means something to us, then we can instantly convert that which we want to want, generally speaking, into a real primary desire, meaning we want to want to get up in the morning, but we don't really want to, and that's why we're not. But if we have a relationship with ourselves, we can tell ourselves we're free to tell ourselves that I'm going to get up in 10 seconds and our word means something to us. Excuse me. And that's then what we're going to do. So we see, but that requires a, a level of thought and a level of introspective um, awareness and contemplation that most of us don't have, but we can work on developing that. But that's a different discussion. But anyhow, here's a th- there's a thought as to collapsing these concepts. And instead of asking whether the will is something other than freedom and then asking, is it free or is it not free? We say what we mean by the term will is that which we mean by the term freedom. Uh, that We are able to uh, cause things, period. The actual formal cause is not due to anything other than itself. Having said that, it's in strictly in light of motives. It cannot be provoked without a motive. When we actually chose to act, we wouldn't blame that on the atoms or on the neurons or on the chemicals. We act because we act. We, that, that, that's a fundamental uh, power, we would say, that uh, there is uh, in the scheme of things. Uh, but it's only activated when there's a motive that appeals in a given conceptual context and to modify that context and consequently have different primary desires we have to focus on our range of freedom of, of using our words to say what in theory we should want i want to want to be successful and this and that and then consequently hopefully slowly modify our context so we can think about it thank you for listening